You're listening to Loving the Snow Life with Emma and Tennille. Tennille, our mum, and Emma, her awesome friend, share deep passion for the snow. They started a podcast together to share all their experiences with you. Between them, they have skied over 95 resorts, both held ski instructor qualifications, lived and worked in resorts, and still spent every hard-earned dollar skiing. They set their lives up around snow travel, and our ski bags are always packed, ready to go. We're certainly not complaining about this, are we? No way. And even better, we get to share all the experiences. Craig Hayden is an Australian based in Beaver Creek, Colorado, USA. He talks to us today about Val Valley, including Val Resort and Beaver Creek, and what it takes for kids to be good enough to get on the Aussie national ski team. Hey, Craig, how are you going? Good, how are you, Emma? Yeah, excellent. Very hot in Sydney. What about you over in Colorado? Uh, the seasons are changing fast. It's the four colours are just leaving us and the snow is on the peaks and cold mornings and there's snow this weekend. So it's coming, season's coming fast. I love it. Hey, Craig, it's Tennille. How are hey, you? Hey, Tennille. Good. So we, you reached out to us and we were really interested in your story because you've been in the industry for a long time, lived in with your children. Um, you've been listening to a lot of our podcasts, so thanks very much for that. But you've got a lot of knowledge that you can help share with our listeners on ski racing and also, I guess, the Colorado mountains, in particular Vale and Beaver Creek around that area, the Vale Valley. So um, tell us more about yourself, Craig. We'd love to learn. Yeah, hi there. Yeah, I'm originally from Sydney. Uh, my family's from Sydney. Uh, grew up there and we moved to Colorado about 11 years ago. Um, my my work in the GFC, my work in finance sort of ended and we decided to give it a go and move to Colorado and, and the kids were sort of into ski racing a little bit by then and we just decided to have a change of lifestyle and see how it worked out and we're still here 11 years later and you know, with two kids on the Australian national team. So how did you get to America? Did you get sponsored by Visa first or have you, are you lucky enough to marry an American? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was tough. It wasn't easy. Uh, the first couple of years, we, you know, we winged it with uh, HP1 visas, the business visas, and then I had a guy that helped sponsor me after that. And then we were very lucky in 2015 to win the green card lottery. Yeah. And so that's made life a lot easier. It was moving the first couple of years was pretty stressful and you had to balance a lot of things. So, yeah, it wasn't easy. So you have, um, like, 11 years ago, you had a five-year-old and a, what's the maths on that? Nine-year-old. Nine-year-old, yeah. So that would have been, so you just kind of went, let's do it, pulled them out of school, and then did you you homeschool them or do, what did you do, throw them in the local? So with my daughter, she was just, she completed kindergarten in Sydney and then at Redham House in, in Bondo Junction and... She went into the local school here, Val Mountain School, and my son was at Redham House as well, but he continued for the first couple of years to do, uh, with private tutoring, to do the curriculum from Redham House in Sydney, and that school was amazingly supportive, um, you know, all the way through it. And then we did that for three years with him, and then he joined the uh, local school at Val Mountain School in uh, eighth grade. Um, and so, yeah. I'm curious to know why you chose the Vale Valley and particular Beaver Creek out of all the resorts you could have chosen. Why that? 
Um, my parents were fortuitous in the early 90s to meet. They were in Europe skiing and they met some American guy and he said, oh, there's this new resort called Beaver Creek and come on over. And they saw this place and they stayed with this guy and um, ended up buying a place, a little condo, back in 1992. And that's where my wife and I, you know, from the early nine, mid-90s went, came for our ski holidays. Um, so we were familiar with the place then. It's grown a lot since then. Um, so yeah. we've seen a lot of change. So, yeah, it was just, just the family. It was very fortuitous to buy a, a cheap condo then and uh, it was great. I think I went to Vale when I was 10 years old, I think, and that was our mm. first overseas trip. And I will never forget it. I think it's why, where my love came from. Walking through Vale Village with all the lights, I've never seen anything like it. And that was in the 90s as well, you know. Oh, actually, yeah. eight, eight, late 80s. Oh, yeah, wow, late 80s, yeah, when I was 10. <laughs> um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, seeing McDonald's in the snow for the first time on the I-80, is it? I couldn't, I just it, couldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> so I love it, Vale. It's got a very soft spot in my heart. <laughs> yeah, me too. It's amazing. I cannot... Cannot wait to get back there. Seven bowls, right? Can you tell us more about, let's start with Bale. Can you tell us kind of in a nutshell about Bale for anyone who hasn't been there or doesn't actually know about it? Yeah, it's, well, since the Park City merger, it's the second largest ski area in in the USA. Um, It's famous for its back bowls um, and the powder and obviously they get good, reliable cold temperatures and snow here. It's, you know, and it's the best quality snow probably in the world. Um, it's got to come across the desert from the ocean and it hits these mountains and it's it's like dust. Um, vale is a, you know, very, very exclusive village, but it's, you know, you can you can get all sorts of accommodation there. Um, it's, a, it's a big ski area and, and the access is pretty good from, you know, from Denver, it's it's easy, or you can fly into the Vale Eagle County Airport. Uh, it's only half an hour away, so um, the access is good. And that yes, the, the reliability of snow. Like we will, my kids will be skiing on the weekend in Copper, which is just over the hill from Vale, and Vale will be probably operating for race training in in early November. So it's just it's just the reliability of the snow here is the the key and the quality of the snow. Yeah. So if you're kind of a in a beginner, well, first-time skier to the US, would yep. you, and you go and you chose Vail as your destination, would you say to them stay at Lion's Head or would you say stay in Vail Village? Like what is the best access for them for a kind of a novice? Um, I the Lion's Head or even Golden Peak. Um, obviously it's, you know, when you go out of the main Gondola One, it's a little intimidating for people to get in and out. But you still have the access on the gondola up to some good beginner areas in, you know, Midvale, out of Midvale and um, off, uh, you know, Black Forest and the areas over that way. So, and then you can traverse across to the Sourdough area and there's some big areas around Chair 11, which is the Northwoods. So there's, there's, there's good access there. But either, any of them get you the access there. They've all got gondolas or, you know, fast mm. chairs that get you those three parts of the village because, you know, what Tanil's saying is there's the three parts of Vale. There's the mid you know, centre of Vale, there's Golden Peak to the east and there's Lion's Head to the west. So they've all got access to what you need. 
I've got to say, uh, staying at Lion's Head, I think it's Lion's Head Lodge, that has actually yep. ruined me for life because um, just to be able to have that access to the gondola, but more so to have that um, experience where you ski down and somebody, the concierge, greets you with a hot glue vine or whatever and some, <laughs> you yeah. know, and then takes your skis, that has ruined me. <laughs> yeah, that's America, right? Yeah. Everything these America, right? And that's that's how it works. And that's what you explain to people when I have friends come. They get all stressed about, you know, do I organise this? How do I do this? And I'm like, it's America. Everything's easy. You speak the same language and they'll make it as easy as possible for you. You know, each of those locations has a ski school. Um, you know, it, it all works so well. Do they have mountain concierge, um, like guides on the mountain at Vale? I just haven't... I can't remember. Yeah, both Beaver Creek and Vale have these information people. Um, I actually did that for the first couple of years at Beaver Creek. Um, they're volunteers and they, you know, they're in the village, they're skiing around and, yeah, they've got the red jackets on with the little information sign on their back and they, they're very helpful and, um, yeah, they're, they're there to help. And tell yeah. us more about the famous um, bowls at Vale and who they are for. <laughs> yeah, they're actually... They're not, you know, people get intimidated by it, but it's not. They're not. There's some parts that are pretty mellow and there are other parts that you can find. You can find everything out there. But the the area is vast. When they have powder, there's so much space to ski. Um, it's just when they're on, it's it's amazing and there's something for everyone out there, really. It's not that intimidating. Like, you know, people can find really challenging cliffs and all that sort of stuff out there or you can just do some of the mellower runs out there that uh you know i think i've seen glide. the biggest bumps in my life in the back bars of vale and i think it's probably so big because i was 10 years old but i just remember going down there yeah. the instructor going oh my god they're the size of v-dub humps like back in the old days like the punch buggies you know i was like wow and it must well, they can yeah. forever. they can do that <laughs> That faces they face um, south, so they get the sun when there's no powder. They get the sun and the moguls really far up. But then you can go to Blue Sky Basin, which they opened in what the late nineties. Um, so since you were there, there's obviously the next part of which is Blue Sky Basin, which again has beautiful tree skiing, probably the best tree powder skiing you can get around here, and that's that can be so much fun out there. It's a long way to get out there, but it can be really rewarding. And is yeah. there a way to do Vale on the cheap? Yes. Um, you can stay down the valley a little bit. Uh, you can you can stay down in Avon or Edwards or even if you really want to, you can go out to Eagle. It's a half-hour trip, 45 minutes to Vale, and you can get cheap accommodation or cheap Airbnbs down that way if you don't want to be in the Val Village. Um, you just spread your wings further down the valley to the west and you can get some accommodation there that you're not paying the full bore Vale prices. Is there a transport or do you have to have your car if you're going to do that? You probably have to have a car. There is some transport, but you're, you're relying on having a car. You're, it's probably pretty essential unless you, you know, yeah, if you're yeah. going to do that. So... A lot of people, when they go to Vale, they kind of, when they're weighing up a lot of resorts, Vale, Beaver Creek, when they're weighing up resorts within the world, they're thinking, okay, do I go 
Colorado? Do I go Utah? Do I go British Columbia? You know, where do, or, or Montana? Mm. But I guess the biggest yep. thing that makes people think that they the altitude of Vale and of Beaver Creek because you are up high, so that it's is high. an element. Tell us about yeah. the altitude. Yeah, it it does affect you. Um, you what you really got to do is just. Some people stay in Denver for a night and come up and acclimatise that way, but the key is drink water. So this place, we're two hours from the desert, um, three hours from Moab. So it's like the desert that's very high because when you're up there, you think, oh, it's not that high, but like the base of Copper Mountain is 10,000 feet, so 3,000-odd metres. You know, Vale and Beaver Creek are 8,100 feet. So it's, you know, the base of the mountain is higher than Kosciuszko. So you just got to... Just hydrate. That's the king. And just don't do too much too early. Like if you get an early powder day, just just try not to go too hard too early. So that's always been my thing. And just 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 drink lots of water. And because yeah. it's just such a dry climate here. Yeah. And what about like let's move on to Beaver Creek. How far is it yep. from Bale? Can I see if I'm staying in Bale? I've done it myself, but just explain it to yeah. me. <laughs> Sorry, the the distance between setting yourself up with Vale and going to Beaver Creek for the day, and then Copper. Would you do that, or would you set yourself up at Beaver and go to Vale, then go to Copper? It's all different tickets. Yeah, well, so. obviously, I've got a soft spot for Beaver Creek because we're based there. Ike, um, you know, I, I Beaver Creek is is our home. Um, even though my kids actually probably prefer free skiing in Vale um, <laughs> with, with the powders on, but uh beaver creek is just special it's just a small village that's very intimate um it's very family orientated but people have this misnomer that beaver creek's easy it's actually probably steeper runs on a powder day in beaver creek than are in vale um they're 10 minutes don't do that that. secrets out (laughs) yeah there are um so there's 10 minutes apart so you know, a lot of my friends come and stay in Beaver Creek and then they might do a day or two in Vale or three in Vale and they can just get across. There's actually shuttles you can get across as well. So it's 10 or 15 minutes um, in a car, probably half hour in a bus to get across to the two. But, yeah, Beaver Creek's just a, a special place where, you know, they have the hot cookies at, you know, yeah. 3 o'clock you get the hot cookies and at the ski school there. So it's my kids learn to ski at Beaver Creek Ski School. And, from, um, so, and from memory, do they have the uh, the moving escalator? Yes, they have all the escalators. They have the heated pavements everywhere. There's no ice to slip on. Um, it's all just it's it's pretty it's pretty uh, special. And they do a great job with the grooming. And they have a World Cup race hill as well. And they have yeah. these you know extreme terrain shoots if you want to go. But for beginners and families. Families have the best fun at Beaver Creek and then they you go to Vale if you want to have a change of scene. And, you know, Vale is – Beaver Creek's more families, a bit more chill for the upray. Vale has got the, the young person's upray with the bars and clubs and things like that. So, you know, if it's more family, you, you're at Beaver Creek. Mm, yeah. And so, so Beaver Creek is – it's known for its ski school within the industry. Yeah. Sorry, yes. yeah. So there's a lot of a lot of Australians still on the ski school there, or that B two visa destroyed that. Yeah, there's there any left. Um, obviously, we have AJ Jones, who's now the head of um, Threadbow Snow Sports. He's he was there, and he still comes back, and he taught my kids. Um, Tim Robinson, Sam Robbo's dad, 
he was here for many, many years. Um, there's, you know, some bullet coaches I know. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of them. There are a few that still come back, um, but it's yeah, it's it was they they had a, they have a good program there, and um, yeah, it's all as I said, it's all it's everything's easy there um, with that. Yeah. So, so let's um. So is that why? So let's move on to your kids. They're both on yeah. the national Australian national ski team. That's yeah. incredible. Wow. Um. How lucky they are, are they that they live in Beaver Creek? Because that's probably help, gives them a big leg in to the training schedule. Yeah. Tell us how that all began and how they are still at it at twenty one and sixteen. That's awesome. Yeah. So as I said, we had the place here and we come for our holidays before we had kids and we're like oh we hope like kids like skiing um when we had them because that was our holiday you know we'd just come across here for three weeks and do it like oh i hope they like it and then um you know with our son he started and he was he got a knack to it at age he started at two and three quarters and um he got a knack for it and then you know, we just enjoyed skiing as a family because, as you know, it's the most rewarding thing to ski with your kids and Absolutely. do all And then, you know, the younger one, we're like, okay, and she came across along and she just did because the kids just do what you do, right? They just do what the families do. Wherever you go, they just want to be with parents. So, um, yeah, it just developed from there and then we just got into it as a family. Like my wife and I didn't start skiing until we were 18, so we're, you know, we get ridiculed on that technique. Every day we every time we ski with the kids. So, you know, we it. You know, I was on the Australian swim team, and my wife's a top little tennis player. But we we just enjoyed the whole environment, and uh, you know, it, it came back. They as I learned here, and then we, you know, we did Threadbow. Um, you know, they did some training there and skiing there in Australia, and um, that's when we decided to move. But yeah. And, Were you yeah, part of a um, ski club in Threadbow, like the ski? Yep, the they club? are the Threadbow Race Club. Yep. Okay. So they're both okay, so at Threadbow Ski Racing Club. And yeah. uh, that's a, you know, it's it, it's the best club culture of any race team I've ever experienced in the world. It's a really good, wow. really good culture there to have there. And, you know, their head coach, Craig Branch, is amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. So we have um, the interschools in Australia. When you move yeah. your kids over to America, do they have a similar program for their kids? Is it, like, more competitive? How does it work in America? So, yeah, it's different. They have high school racing here um, for the schools, but they, have, they don't really have a – they have a sort of – it's not really school-run programs. They have resort programs and they have these things called Buddy Werner's programs and um, there's various pathways. But what, you know, for our kids it was like – you know, we did the NASTAR thing. Our kids went on the little NASTAR course at Beaver Creek. And, you know, we just had fun and race each other. And one day one of the guys working NASTAR said, oh, maybe your son might want to do the Val Cup. Yeah, what's that? And it's a free thing. It's sponsored. It's a race they have at Vale and run by Ski Club Vale and it's sponsored. And he went and did that and did really well. And that sort of started you know, the whole thing where he first at age nine or eight or wherever it was and he did a race there and they went, oh, okay. And, you know, both my kids have been at Ski Club Vale. My son was there for 12 years and, uh, you know, my daughter's still there. And, uh, yeah, it sort of started all from that. And, you know, my wife's very involved. We're both, we're both 
accredited coaches and competition officials. My wife works at Beaver Creek Race Department and runs the World Cup and the World Championship in 2015. And, you know, she's run events at Ski Club Bell and she actually ended up running the, the Vale Cup, ironically. So, uh, wow. yeah. So it's, it's, you it's know the rules, you know how, how it works, you know, to mm-hmm. the system, which is a big hand, I would imagine. Do, yeah. can, do you help Australian families with all of that if they would like your lifestyle? Do you yes. <laughs> come and have a yeah. yeah. We have a lot of relationships with families in Australia, um, you know, through Fredo and Perisher and others. And so, yeah, we've, um, we, you know, we get a lot of visits from people during the season and, you know, we try to help. We've got, you know, there's us here and there's the Hoffman family in Park City. They've got three kids on the national team. Uh, they moved across about seven years ago i think um and then there's other ones in park city there's the you know there's other families there in park city as well so yeah uh, so did your kids because did your kids have to go back and compete in the inner schools to actually make the national team how did that all work so when when my kids were in australia at redham house they represented redham house at the inter schools um you know that was a big thank for the school to give them so much leeway and take time off school. That's yeah. just a, 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 you know, they, they represented the, the school for that. So, so the, the progression from then, tell us a bit about that. From Yeah, so in the schools in Australia um, when we lived there and we moved back, we moved here. It was just uh, straight into, as I said, into Ski Club Vale. Um you know, the kids were accepted in that and, you know, inter-schools helped build it and it was great to, for them to represent the school. Like, um, you know, my daughter represented Redham as a kindergartner and she made nationals and she got a full sport in colours as a kindergartner there. So uh, that was quite interesting. But, yeah, it's a good culture. It's, it's you know, it's it's a big the thing about in schools it's a big investment by the parents having especially in new south wales where you've got the regionals states and nationals it's 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 a big investment yeah it's a big commitment isn't it yeah yeah that's right so uh which events do they do now at 16 uh, and 21 so they do they're focusing more on the texo slalom and giant slalom and a little bit of super g um they're not doing the downhill at this point so they're more on the technical side of skiing. They seem to enjoy, um, you know, uh, yeah. What are, what are their aspirations? Are they, do they want to take it to the, you know, all the way? Absolutely. So, you know, my son at college, he's on his second year at Montana State University. Uh, it's a Division One NCAA school. Um, it's a small team. Uh, it's a high-performance team. He has his teammates are on World Cup. Um, they're national, national team athletes, and yeah, he they want to, you know, twenty twenty six Cortina, um, and you know the bigger thing probably for a ski athlete is to get on World Cup. That's you know Olympics is great, and that has the visibility from you know broader community. But for if you could ask a ski racing athlete, they want to be on World Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so it, how? How does he travel the world? Do you help him out travel the world? Do you, is he is he with? Does he rejoin the Australian team to travel the world, like to get the fist points to get on the World Cup? Yeah, so he has a lot of support from his college. So they 
they support him with travel and around the US. Um, when it comes to going to Europe, it comes up to, you know, we have to pay up for that. Uh, so that's, you know, he does, he will, again, he does go to Europe and he's done some Europa Cups there. And yeah. um, it's just that's on our, while he's on break, that's on our on our thing. And Australia, you know, the problem, yeah, Alpine is probably the least funded of the uh, the disciplines. You know, we just haven't had the success that moguls and aerials and snowboard and that, you know, Zali Siegel was the one that did everything for us and uh, it's just been hard. So we've got some good athletes like Harry Laidlaw is probably going to start at World Cup this He's weekend as well. He mm. got, you know, he got some amazing results. And we've got Louis Mullen who went to the Olympics. Uh, so we've got some good got athletes. He's awesome. And Greg, I know Greg <laughs> very well. He's come to Beaver Creek many times and been Does with she? us. So, yep. So she's yeah. a great girl and she's doing well, uh, you know, in the speed disciplines and, you know, what she gets yeah. three time Olympian. So, yeah. So tell us from a parent's point of view how much you and your wife have to – you're very lucky that both kids have chosen the same path, I guess. Um, yeah. <laughs> how do you – how did you just go, okay, if you want it, you want it, what what have you given up to get, get your kids onto the Australian national team? Well, we moved our family across the world. Everyone told yeah. us, you're, you're crazy. Um, what if it doesn't work out? Like, dare to fail but and I've always said to the kids like you know I I was I burnt out at swimming at age 17 um you know I know what it's like and you know I remember that day I walked into the pool and I didn't want to be there so just very aware of that and just made sure the kids want to do it for them and that's what I keep saying to them I said please tell me if you don't want to do this because I, I we've got other things we we can do um <laughs> yeah. don't do it for us like we enjoy traveling with and being with them and going to race events and going around the world and going to places that i never would have thought you know i've been to bulgaria i've been to norway i've been to you know all these different places that i wouldn't have gone but i just want them to do it for them and you know that's i make that very clear did they have a uh, a wobble of that intention at any point? Did they, I mean, because that kind of discussion goes on in our household with me mm. where it's like you've got to want it, but one of my sons yeah. with a different sport chose something different and then realised he wanted it. Did they do something else for a bit? No, they've really been pretty focused on it. Actually, my daughter was good at swimming. Like, you know, she was she was um, under 10 Colorado State champion for swimming, and I was sporting that. She found that uh, following the black line was not wasn't as fun as being on a chairlift and skiing down a mountain. So uh, she decided, to ski. <laughs> <laughs> which I don't blame her at all. Yeah. So yeah, Your that was must have taken a bit of a dive. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was, um, but yeah, it's. I can see why she chose that. Uh, she wanted to commit to skiing, so you know it's understandable. That's, you know, that's what I say. That's what we have coaches that say. Look, if you have, a, you know, you always have a tough day training, right? Whatever it is, whatever you're trying to do, but you just got to sit there sometimes on the chairlift, look around, and go, okay, I'm, I'm here with my friends. I'm on a chairlift, I'm in a ski resort, I'm, you know, I'm having fun. So that's what yeah. you've, you've, a lot of mentors and coaches have instilled in them is like just, just you know, things can get tough, you can get focused and 
on, on things, but you just got to sit around, look around and go, okay, what am I actually doing? Mm. Yeah. yeah. So on the circuit, are you allowed to, um, are you allowed to bring your American coaches with you or do you sit with the Australian coaches on the circuit? Yeah, it's, you know, with um, the world, we can bring our coaches from Ski Club Hours. So when we do like world, my son's done world junior championships, so under 21 world championships three times. It was first in Norway, in Narvik, second in, in Bulgaria, and the last one was in Panorama in Canada. Yeah, we they our club will supply a coach to go with them to oh. these international events, and um, yeah, which is great. So they they have the resources and the depth to do that. Uh, it's it's a big club, and they have you know this amazing training arena, and but they're very good at uh, supporting, even if they're Australian or whatever nationality they'll support them if they're doing you know an international event they'll support them yeah amazing so you know and before that you have the you know once because in, in alpine ski racing once you're 16 you're fist so that's you're on the world ranking yeah before that you have age class racing at under 14 under 16 and they have these carnivals in australia as well for those age classes but that's where the kids get their taste for international skiing so there's like whistler cup mm-hmm. which yep. is a big one and yeah. this one called uh Alcimbra, which used to be topolino in italy which is which is the most amazing event well, i've done it seven times with the kids so phoebe did it four times and henry did it three times and you know Lindsay Bonds won it, Michaela Schiffen's won it, uh, you know, all the top, you think of any top ski racer, they won that. And they posted, we know Lindsay and Michaela, they both, you know, Lindsay used to live in the valley, Michaela lives, Schiffen just lives down the road. They both told our kids, uh, you know, the most magical events they've been to is is uh, the Topolino event. And, well, you know, we've done two amazing mentors to have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a small, it's a small world, the ski racing world. So uh, yeah, um, so yeah, and that's Australia send a team, you know, to both those events, quite large teams, which is fantastic. It's just a great experience for all the kids. Um, during COVID, obviously, you know, it was last year, twenty twenty one. It was just me and my daughter went because no one from Australia could get there. Um, but it was her last. I mean, we, we it's just her and I, but generally they have coaches there. And, you know, Whistler Cup, they supply coaches. And Australia has quite a good team. And, you know, my son did Whistler Cup um, as a U16 as well. And, you know, Australia uh, did very well at that event. Yeah, I can imagine. We, we definitely punch above our weight within the winter sports, considering that we have a little tiny patch of snow. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's. So what would be your advice to parents? Of ski races? Of ski races, yeah, yeah. Um, just gotta, do you have to move out of Australia to be successful? You do. It's you, ha- you have to base yourself. Like some people try and you can send your kids off to camps um, and you go, okay, you write the check and it's all done. But the whole family has to be invested in it, like, you know, and the parents have to understand, trust the coaches, trust the coaching, but you have to base your – and that's what's been proven. You look at, you know, two families have five national team members and they're based in, in overseas and they're both families are fully invested in, you know, yeah. 
this as a as a our lifestyle sort of thing. So uh, and it's you know it's it's rewarding in a lot of ways uh, in that fact. So yeah, it's it's tough to do remotely from Australia. You can do it. Um, you know, Greta's based in Australia. Uh, you know, she's done it well, and her and her dad have just done an amazing job to get where she is yeah. um but her dad's just again he's he's fully invested and it's yeah. you know yeah then you got you got to dare to fail right you just got to go okay let's give yeah. it a go work it doesn't work we know if it lasts one year or 10 years and you just gotta you just gotta commit yeah. to it yeah so the eye is actually on twenty twenty six Cortina, and then that, that is where the eye on the prize is. Yeah, for you guys. Yeah, it's the first Olympics back in Europe for what for four, you know, sixteen years or more. So, um, but yeah, it's how oh, it should be the home of the Olympics. <laughs> oh, it's going to be Cortina is going to be amazing. Actually, I was there two weeks ago in the summer. It was it's stunning. It's just an amazing spot. So. Yeah, and then you obviously you've got the World Cups, like people can come here and watch, you know, the only men's World Cup ski racing is in Beaver Creek. I don't know if people know that. And yeah. the funny thing is when you go to Europe, people in ski in Austria and Switzerland and Italy, they go they don't really know Val. They know Beaver Creek because they watch it on the TV. Mm. Uh, oh, so yeah, that's that's they know it because it's that race hill is spectacular. It's if anyone's coming here and they come to Beaver, you've got to scare the birds of prey. I've taken friends down who have been very scared about them, but it's it's, <laughs> it's an amazing race hill. That's a great it's a great run on a powder day as well. It's it's one of the best runs on a powder day. So oh my gosh, I've never got on a powder day. I've got on a bulletproof day and <laughs> yeah, well that's the thing. It's it's yeah. it's. It's more than bulletproof. It's uh, it's ice. Yeah. So yeah, I, I actually had a moguls lesson when I was in Beaver Creek. Whenever I go down a moguls hill, I always think of Beaver Creek. It's like an association. <laughs> oh, you did the moguls thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah, no. Yeah, Beaver Creek like really. Well, it's really especially for snowboarders. Um, Vale, so many cat tracks on the front side of the mountain. It's just not snowboarders have a real tough time. Whereas Beaver Creek was sort of computer modelled and. It, it really flows well, so there's not too many cat tracks to sit on in in the creek. So there's a lot more, you know, access is a lot easier around the mountain. Do they still have the bobsled at Vale? No, no, they used to. That was a while ago. Yeah, that was. Oh my God, they've got that ridge area up above the top of the um, Lion's Head Gondola. Yeah, um, and they've got little like, well, they got little snowmobiles and all the all these wind track, you know, non-skiing activities up there as well. So and they go okay. in the night as well. So that's that's quite fun up there. Yeah, yeah, lots of activities. Yeah. I, I love, I loved it. I loved it when I was there. Last time I went there, I was I was working. I was a ski instructor at Deer Valley, and we did the synchronate skiing. All the ski instructors uh, from every resort come, and we compete against each other. And Vale yep. was the last one that we went to, and that was very fun. Uh, well, <laughs> Yeah, and then you know the activities you got. I know they still have the thing where you ski at night uh, by you know by torchlight at Beaver Creek, and so you got all those little things as well. And so yeah, it's um, it's easy. Everything in America is easy, you know, as you know. Yeah, and it's yeah. Beaver. yeah. I do love it. I'm glad that travels back. I'm so happy. I'm, I'm so excited that we can 
get on the slopes in North America again. My favourite places in the world are in North America. Um, where do you love skiing in the world? Uh, North America outside of Valbier Creek. I'd have to say I reckon the best three terrains in North America are Jackson Hole, Snowbird is special. If you hit that, like I've been very lucky to hit that in line. That's just a special place. And if you can hit um, Squall Valley or what's called uh, Palisades now and that Alpine right. Meadows, if you hit that right, that's just, again, the terrain there is fantastic. And in Europe, oh my, Val d'Isere and Verbier. Wow. Yeah. We were in Val last April uh, and it was, you know, had some powder there. But, yeah, Val d'Isere and Verbier are the real big daddies there. But, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, thank you so much for today. It's been very informative and we're both loving the dare to fail. Yeah. Might get a, a tattoo. We will see you here. Thanks for listening to Loving the Snow Life with Emma and Tennille. If you've learned a handy tip or two, then happy days. To catch all our episodes, subscribe on iTunes. It's free. Head over to www.lovingthesnowlife.com.au for more info and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Loving the Snow Life. If you have any suggestions for topics or guests, then email us on our website. Thanks to everyone who leaves a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to share our episodes on your social media.